Buenos días, Orchard. How are you today? Open your Bibles in Esther chapter 8. We're going to wrap up this story today. We're going to finish this series today. Uh, for those who don't know me, I am Marcial Muñoz. I am the Spanish ministry pastor here at Orchard. And by the way, do you, do you want to hear how many people we had last week in Spanish ministry? L let me tell you before this. Uh, we didn't have tacos, okay? We didn't have any party last week. And we had 103 people last week in the Spanish service. Yeah, we are, we are very excited. We are helping people find and follow Jesus in the Spanish service. So, as some of you know, every time that I speak on Sundays, I like to teach you a new word. Today, I don't have a word for you. I have a letter for you. And I know that for some of you, it's very difficult to say this letter in Spanish. And I'm talking about the letter R. Yeah, that's it. R. R as in Ricardo. Okay? R as in Roberto. R as in Churro. Yeah, that's how you say it. It's not Churro. No, no, no. It's Churro. It's not burrito, it's burrito, okay? But you have to say it right because you can say it like R or R. And if you don't say it correctly, you can change the whole meaning of the word, okay? For example, I have three words right here, and you can see the difference of the words, okay? I have the word carro and caro. Okay, that's different. Carro means car. Caro means expensive. And that's totally different words. You can say my car is so expensive, but it's totally different. Right? The next one. We have cerro and cero. Cerro means hill or little mountain. And, and cero means just zero. And I have one more for you. We have perro y pero. Okay? Perro means dog, and pero means but. And you can say, my, my wife has a beautiful dog, and it's very different than say, my, my wife has a beautiful... Okay, moving on. All right. Let me ask you something. How many of you guys like to play cards? Poker, FaceTime, Uno. Yeah, everybody likes to play Uno. That's my favorite. That's my favorite uh, game to play because... Number one is easy, it's fun, and there's no money involved, right? Most of the times. Maybe you want to take it to another level, right? But it's fun. And then my favorite part is when you have the ugliest cards ever, and then suddenly you get a wild card, and then you get another one. And then you get another one. And then you have like three wild cards and you are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to kill everybody here right now. <laughs> right? And the whole game changed for you, right? And you know what? Sometimes that happens in our life too. Sometimes in our life, we have the ugliest cards. And we go through difficult situations. And we go through hard times. And we need a wild card. And we need a way out. And let me tell you something. If you are going through hard times this morning, 
If you are going through difficult situations, let me tell you something. God is bigger than your problems. God is bigger than any tribulation. God is bigger than any situation. God is always your wild card. Amen? And you have this in your notes. Yeah, you can celebrate that. God is bigger than any situation. And you have this in your notes. Uh, God can turn anything around. Just like the wild card. When you have a wild card, all, the whole game changed for you. And you know what? With God can turn anything around. And this is happening right now here in the book of Esther. Esther, Mordecai, and all the Jews, they have been dealt a very bad hand. There's a dead sentence against them. But you know what? We're going to see God giving them a wild card opportunity. A wild card that can change everything around. You remember last week, we saw the revelation of Esther. Finally, Queen Esther told the king Xerxes about uh, the, the evil plan of Haman to kill all the Jews. And then she reveals to the king that, that she is a Jew too. You remember that? And then at the end of last week, finally, we saw the joker of this story disappear. Finally, Haman was impaled in that pole that he wanted to use to impale Mordecai the Jew. So finally, the joker is gone. The joker of this story is gone. But you know what? We still have a problem. We still have the decree. The law that says that all the Jews have to be killed is still there. And they really need a wild card because that law could not be changed. Because that decree was sealed with the king's ring. So Esther, Mordecai, and all the Jews... They have a very bad hand, and they really need a wild card. So let's see what happened here in Esther chapter 8. And we're going to see three things in this chapter. And the first thing that we're going to see is Mordecai's promotion. Mordecai's promotion. So let's read Esther chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. And it says, On that same day, King Xerxes gave the property of Haman the enemy of the Jews to Queen Esther. We need to remember that Haman, the evil Haman, he was a very wealthy man. He was the prime minister of Persia. And now that he's dead, King Xerxes is giving the property of Haman to Queen Esther. Why? Because the king was like, oh my gosh, I almost, ki I almost killed my wife. I didn't know that she was a Jew. And he was like, Honey, I'm so sorry. Here, take the property of Haman. Take the house. Take the money. Take everything you want. How many of you have been there, guys? Come on. I have been there. I'm always there. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh. I missed it up again. Chihuahua. You remember that word? Yeah? Here, Jana, I forgot to, to, wish, to, to wash the dishes again. Here, I brought you tacos. Now, my question is, that, that's enough, right, ladies? Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I needed to know because I'm so Mexican and my wife is American, so I don't know if that could work or not. But yeah, when I'm like in a big trouble, here's and I brought you tacos. And not just tacos. These are tacos al pastor. These are the real deal with pineapple. 
So the king was doing that. He was like, I'm sorry, honey. Here's the property of Haman. Let's keep reading. And, it, and then he says, Then Mordecai the Jew was brought before the king. For Esther had told the king how they were related. Now the king knows that Mordecai is Esther's adoptive father. That means that Mordecai is his father-in-law. So he's like, I almost killed my father-in-law too. He was like, I'm sorry, dad. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I don't know you guys, but who wants to kill his father-in-law? Honestly. I mean, I know that sometimes we have our difference with the mother-in-law. Right? <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Right? But who wants to kill the father-in-law? So the king was in a, in a real trouble here. Let's keep reading here. And, it's, and then he says... Um, Verse 2 says, The king took off his signet ring, which he had taken back from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai, his father-in-law. And then he says, And Esther appointed Mordecai to be in charge of Haman's property. And you know what? This is totally awesome. And this is totally ironic. Now Mordecai the Jew is the prime minister of Persia. He got promoted. And now we see how God is changing Everything around. Now the most powerful people in Persia are Jews. Is that cool or what? And I mean, God is turning everything around. And let me tell you something. That can happen in our life too. God can turn anything around. We need to remember that God always writes the wrongs in our life. Amen? Now, let me tell you something. I know that some of you are thinking right now, well, everything is going great in this story. I mean, Mordecai is, is good. He's doing good. Esther is doing good. The Jews are doing good. Everything is changing for them now. But I don't see that in my life. I really don't see it. I mean, the, the story is very cool, but I don't see that in my life. Anything, I mean, I don't see anything changing in my life. Everything is going worse and worse and worse. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the reward is not in this earth. And we need to believe that. Because as Christians, we are not from this earth. We belong to Jesus Christ. And as a Christian, we need to weigh a real reward that is on heaven. Amen? Our real goal as a Christian is to be in heaven with our Lord Jesus Christ and see his face. Amen? Amen. That's a real reward. And if you, are through, if you are going through difficult situations right now, I mean, I want to tell you something. We believe that he's always there. God is always there. Maybe you don't see him, like in this, in this book, we don't see the word God in the, in the whole book of Esther, but you know what? He is there, and he is working there, and he's changing everything around. And, and the only thing that we need to do is to be patient. And I know, I hate that word. I don't like that word, patient. Because I'm not patient at all. I'm always like, God! Keep me patient, but I need it now. <laughs> and you know what? If I want God, if I want, if I want to see God working in my life, 
I want to learn how to be patient. I need to learn how to be patient. There's a verse in the Bible in Psalms chapter 62, verse 1, that says, I wait quietly before God. Now, before I, I continue with this, never tell this verse to your wife, okay? Never tell to your, never tell to your wife, honey, wait quietly, please. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't translate very well. I tried before and it doesn't work, okay? So the, the verse says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from where? From Him. And maybe you are going through difficult situations right now. Maybe you have a very bad hand and you don't see God around, but you know what? God is working. And you need to wait. You need to wait quietly and He will give you the victory. He may have a wild card for you this morning. Amen? So we can see God working in this story. We can see God working in, in Mordecai with this promotion. The second thing that we see in this story is Queen Esther's petition. Queen Esther's petition. So let's keep reading from verse 3 to 6. And it says, Then Esther went again before the king, falling down at his feet, and begging him with what? With tears. She was begging the king with tears. Why? To stop the evil plot devised by Haman the Agagite against the Jews. Again, the king held out the gold scepter to Esther, so she rose and stood, and stood before him. That means that Esther was accepted again before the king. Verse 5 says, Esther said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor with him, and if he thinks it is right, and if I am pleasing to him, let there be a decree that reverses the order of Haman, son of Hamedata, the Agagai, who orders that the Jews throughout all the king's provinces should be destroyed. And then it comes verse 6. And I love verse 6 because this verse shows um, Esther's heart for her people. And it says, For how can I endure to see my people and my family slaughtered and destroyed? And you know what? I love this part of the story. Because Esther has a burden. She has a passion to save her people. Esther couldn't do everything. But you know what? She could do something. So she asks. She asks the king, please stop this decree. Stop this plan to kill all the Jews. And I want you to think this. The most important thing for Esther right now. It's not her comfort, but the salvation of her people. Because you know what? Esther easily could say something like, Well, I'm the queen. I'm saved. Mordecai, he's the prime minister now. He's saved. Well, I'm sorry about the rest of the Jews. But you know what? She didn't do that. Why? Because she knows that it's not about her. She knows that it's not about her comfort or her safety. She knows that it's about her people who are already condemned. And you know what? We need more people like Esther. We need more people with passion to reach people. People who are already condemned. And maybe you ask this morning, what are you talking about? Who is condemned? Well, let's see John chapter 3 verse 16. I mean, verse 18. 
Because I know that everybody knows John chapter 3, verse 16, right? Who knows that verse? And it says, Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo que ha dado a su Hijo unigénito para que todo aquel que en él cree no se pierda, mas tenga vida eterna. Amen? Just trust in me. <laughs> I haven't memorized that one in English. But it says that, in, in less words, God loved the world and he sent his only son, so whoever believes in him... It not, I mean, he will not perish, right? But then, two verses after, we have this verse. It says, He who believes in him, who is him? Jesus Christ. We are talking about Jesus Christ right here. He who believes in him is not condemned. That's the good news. If you are here this morning, are you, and you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord, if you believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died for you and he rose again on the third day, let me tell you something. You are not condemned. But guess what? He says, but he who does not believe is what? Is condemned. There's a lot of people outside who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, who doesn't know in Jesus. And the bad news for them is that they are already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God and that's why in Orchard Church we have this passion and we have this clear mission and our mission is to what to help people that's our mission we want to help people find and follow Jesus because we have this passion. Because we know there's a lot of people outside who doesn't know Jesus Christ. And we need to help, help them. But you know what? Sometimes as Christians, we get very comfortable. And we say some stuff like, well, I'm Christian. I'm saved. I go to the church. I go to my small group. My family goes to the church. My kids go to the church. In a few weeks, we're going to be in our brand new awesome building. Amen? Amen. Yeah, we're going to be there. But let me tell you something. When we go into the building, that's not our ultimate goal. Be into the building is going to be just the beginning. Let's not get comfortable when we, when we go to the building. Because it's not about the building. It's about people. It's about souls. It's about helping people find and follow Jesus. Amen? In a couple of weeks, October 29, Sunday, October 29, we're going to have a great opportunity. We're going to have our Harvest Fest right there in our parking lot. And it's going to be a great opportunity for us to help people find and follow Jesus. So today, when you leave this morning, just grab, and we, we have some cards in the back door. So just grab 20, grab 30 cards, and let's do what Esther did. Let's invite people, invite your, your co-workers, invite your neighbors, invite your family, invite your friends, invite everybody. Let's do what Esther did. We cannot do everything, but you know what? We always can do something. Amen? And I, I, I really believe that everybody here can give a, an invitation to their friends. Everybody here can put a sticker in their car. We can do something. Last week, 
it was a very sad week for me and for the people who live in Mexico. Uh, I, I'm from Mexico City. That's my hometown. I was born and raised in Mexico City. My family lives there in Mexico City. Most of my friends lives there. And last week, we had a very hard earthquake. And it was very sad for me because that's my hometown. And I wanted to be there. I wanted to be there with my family. I wanted to be there with my friends. Uh, Mexican officials, they say that it could be around 500 deaths. But uh, US Geological Survey says that it could be around 1,000 deaths for this earthquake. And for me, it was very sad to see my city living this tragedy again, because we had an earthquake back in 1985, and it was a strong one too. And now we, have, we had this one last week. And for me, it was very sad to see the videos, to see the pictures and everything. But you know what? At the same time, my heart was happy. And my heart was filled with joy. Because I saw all these people doing what they could do. They could not do everything. But you know what? Each one of them, they could do something. Somebody was bringing food. Somebody was bringing uh, clothes for the people. Other people were helping uh, finding the people under the buildings. And we can le learn this fr from this. I cannot do everything. But I always can do something. And you know what? We are talking about physical relief right here. But here... We are talking about spiritual relief. We are talking about souls. We are talking about people who doesn't know Jesus Christ. I cannot do everything, but I always can do something. Amen? Amen. Edward Hale, he said this way. He said, I am only one, but I am one. Not Juan. One. I'm the only Mexican who is not Juan, I think. Okay? I am only one, but I'm one. And I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. Do what you can do. And let God do what we cannot do. Esther did. She went and she begged the king. She was begging to the king to stop this plan. And now... We want to see God giving her a wild card. So next week, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> let's finish this today. All right, so we saw in this chapter, we saw Mordecai's promotion. We saw Esther's petition. And now we want to see King Cersei's proclamation. Okay? Uh, I'm going to read 10 verses in English. All right? I'm not very good reading in English. So please, be patient. Wait quietly, all right? And help me. Help. So help me, God. <laughs> so it says, verse 7. Let's read this. Uh, and it says, Then King Cersei said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, I have given Esther the property of Haman, and he has been impaled on a pole because he tried to destroy the Jews. 
Now go ahead and send a message to the Jews in the king's name, telling them what? what? Whatever you want. That's the wild card. There's a law that says that all the Jews have, have to be killed on March 7. Now you can, you can have another decree telling them whatever you want. Okay, that's your wild card. And seal it with the king's signet ring. But remember that whatever ha has already been written in the king's name and sealed with his signet ring can never be revoked. Verse 9 says, So on June 25th, the king's secretaries were some were summoned, and a decree was written exactly as Mordecai dictated. It was sent to the Jews and to the highest officers, the, the, the governors and the nobles of all of 127 provinces, stretching from India to Ethiopia. The decree, now we want to see the wild card. We want to see the new decree, okay? The decree was written in the scripts and languages of all peoples of the empire, including that of the Jews. The decree was written in the name of King Xerxes and sealed with the king's signet ring. Mordecai sent the dispatches by swift messengers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king's service. The king's decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unite to defend their lives that's the wild card that's the new decree the old decree said that on march 7 all the jews have to be destroyed this new decree says that now all the jews can't defend their lives that's the wild card that's the new decree and he says they were allowed to to kill slaughter and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives and to take the property of their enemies. The day chosen for this event throughout all the provinces of King Xerxes was March 7 of the next year. Verse 13 says, A copy of this decree was to be issued as law in every province and proclaimed to all peoples so that the Jews would be ready to take revenge on the... Uh, on the appointed day, no, wait, where am I? Yeah, the enemies on the appointed day. Verse 14 says, So urged on by the king's command, the messengers rode out swiftly on fast horses bred for the king's service. The same decree was also proclaimed in the fortress of Susa. Then Mordecai left the king's presence, wearing the royal robe of blue and white, the great crown of gold, and an outer cloak of, line, of fine linen and purple. And the people of Susa, what? celebrated the people of susa celebrated the new decree the jews were filled with joy and gladness and were honored everywhere in every province and city wherever the king's decree arrived the jews the, the jews rejoiced and had a great celebration and declared a public festival and holiday and many of the people of the land became jews themselves for they feared what the jews might do to them so what happened was like okay the, the people of the land, they were like, I think they, these guys are God's people. I want to be in this eye. So we are, we are finishing this story right here. All right? And I know we have two more chapters. And you can read in your house, right? I mean, if I could read 10 verses. You can read in your house two chapters. And basically, the rest of the stories uh, just give us details about the, the Jewish celebration. But you know what? I love this story 
Do you remember how we started this chapter? Do you remember Queen Esther in verse 3? She was begging the king with tears for her people. And then God gives them a wild card and everything ends with a big party. Everything ends with a big celebration. The Jews, the, the, the Jews were filled with joy and gladness. And they had a big party. They had a big celebration. It was like Christmas, 4th of July, Cinco de Mayo together. Everybody was singing. Everybody was dancing Macarena. Dale tu cuerpo alegría. Right? <laughs> Why? Why? Because God, our God, my God, He can turn everything around. Amen? And he can do that in your life today. He may have a wild card for you this morning. So now, how can we apply this to our lives? How can I apply this chapter to my life? Well, number one, God may have a wild card of mercy. He had one for Esther and the Jews and Mordecai. And he may have one card of mercy, one wild card of mercy for me. And I love Psalm chapter 30, verse 10 to 12. And he says this, Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. How many of you have prayed this prayer? God, please help me. God, please have mercy on me. I don't see a way out. God, please help me. And then God in his love, in his mercy, he gives us a wild card. And then we pray. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me, clothed me with joy. That I might sing praises to you and not to be silenced. Oh Lord my God, I will give you thanks when? Forever. We just need to trust in him. If we are going through difficult situations, if we are going through hard times, just wait. Wait in the Lord. Trust in Him. Be patient. God may have a wild card for you. We just need to believe that God is working. God is working behind the scenes. Maybe you don't see it. Maybe you don't see God in your life like in this story. We don't see the word God in the whole, in the whole book of Esther. But we know that God is working behind the scenes. And we need to believe that in our own life. Maybe I don't see God in my life, but I know that He's there. I know that He is working. God is not finished yet. Let God write the end of your story this morning. Let God write the end of your story. Maybe right now you are in tears. You are in mourning. And if you wait in the Lord, if you, if you are patient, you can end your story in a big celebration, in a big party like we saw in the book of Esther. So that, that's the number one, okay? The wild card of mercy. Number two, God for sure has a wild card of salvation. The wild card of of salvation and this card is my favorite and you know what this one is all we need this one is all we need there is a law 
There is a law in the Bible that nobody can change. The name of that law is the law of sin and death. And that law basically says that if somebody sins against God, somebody has to pay. If I sin against God, I have to pay with debt. That's what the Bible says. That's God's law. And that's not a very good news for all of us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, he says, For how many? Everyone. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Romans chapter 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. That's God's law. If somebody sins against God, somebody has to pay. And that's unchangeable. That's God's law. But the good news, and I love the good news, is that 2,000 years ago, God gave us a wild card. And His name is Jesus Christ. And He came to this earth. And He died on that cross. And He paid for your sins. And then He went to the grave. And then He rose again on the third day with great power and glory. And He is alive today. Amen. And He, He wants to give you eternal life today. He wants to be with you. He wants to be your wild car today. What it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it says, So now there is no what? Condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. Romans chapter, chapter 6 verse, verse 23. Let's finish that verse. It says, For the wages of sin is dead. That's the bad news. But, but, Pero, ¿se acuerdan? Do you remember? Pero, the free gift of God is what is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus, Jesus, my brothers, He is always the wild card. He is my wild card. And you know what? He could be your wild card today. He's your wild card. Who need Jesus today? Who need Jesus today? I need Jesus every day. I need my wild card every day because Jesus is, Jesus was, and Jesus will be forever my wild card. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you so much for your word. God, we need you. We need Jesus. We need Jesus every day. God, thank you. Thank you, God, because sometimes in your love, in your mercy, you give us a wild card of mercy. And God, thank you. Thank you because you sent your wild card 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ. And he is and he will be forever our wild card. Let's just continue in an attitude of prayer right now with heads bowed, nice closed as we reflect on this message this morning. And the book of Esther, as we wrap it up today, 
And I believe that there's some of you here this morning as believers in Jesus Christ, you put your faith and trust in Him, but maybe you're going through something in your life right now that you'd say, man, I need God's help. I need, to, I need God to turn this situation around in only a way that He could do it. Right now it seems helpless and, I see, and hopeless and I, it doesn't seem like it might change, but I, I do believe that there's a God who never, never leaves us, He never forsakes us, who can turn anything around. And I'd love to just pray for some of you right now. How many of you right now, you'd say, man, I need that. I need that wild card of mercy. I need God to turn something around in my life this morning. Can I pray for you? Would you just lift up your hands all across this auditorium? Amen, amen. God bless you everywhere. God, God bless you guys. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray for everyone this morning that is facing what seems like an unchangeable situation that needs to be turned around, whether it's in their marriage or their finances, their health or with their kids, their school, their work, whatever it is, you know the situation and you care and you never leave us and you never forsake us. And we believe and claim your word and the promise that says that all things can work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And God, I just pray for all those who need a wild card of mercy this morning, that you would apply that to their lives and they would wait patiently on you and that they would be encouraged and strengthened by the incredible story of Esther we've looked at these last eight weeks. And we've seen how you can turn anything around. You did it in Esther and Mordecai's life and 15 million Jews and you can do it in our life today. And we claim that and we trust that. And we put our faith and hope and trust in that. And may we continue to trust you even in the times we cannot trace you, that you are still here. You haven't forgotten about us. So continue an attitude of prayer. You know, we really were challenged this morning in this story by Queen Esther. We've seen it throughout this story that she was willing to put her life on the line for 15 million people who were condemned to die. And let me remind you, Orchard Church, we, we've done the demographics, we keep doing the studies and within a three-mile radius of where we sit right here this morning, there are over 50,000 people in this community that claim no church affiliation whatsoever, meaning that many of them do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And without Him, they are condemned to die and be separated from Him for all eternity. And that's why our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. And, and that means that we all are living on mission together as a church. And so how many of you would say, God has spoken to my heart. I, I don't want to just get up tomorrow and, and go to work or go to school or go into my day like any other day. I want to live on mission for Jesus Christ because there are people in my sphere of influence that need Jesus. And I want to do my part. I can't do everything, but I can do something. And I will do what I can do to share with other people the hope of Jesus that I have in my life. If that's your heart's desire, would you lift up your hand all across this auditorium? And I hope everyone's hand will be up this morning if you know Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Father, I pray that as a church family, we would take very seriously the commission that you've given all, to all of us to go into all the world, beginning right here in this community, to tell people about you, to make disciples, to help people find and follow you. May we have the same faith and same tenacity and urge to do that as Esther did for her people and that we would help people find and follow you in this community so we continue an attitude of prayer let me just ask some of you this, that are here this morning maybe you're here today you've never received Jesus Christ personally as your Lord and Savior just as Marcial said God's law says because of sin we're all condemned to die and be separated him from all eternity but Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for us to play that wild card so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so we could have a relationship with Him. That relationship could be restored.
And I believe that some of you here today, it's time for you to say yes to Jesus. It's time for you to invite Jesus into your life as personal Lord and Savior. You say, well, what do I have to do? It's not about what you do. It's about what has already been done for you on the cross. And all you have to do is receive the free gift of salvation. The Bible says, whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And I want to give some of you an opportunity right now in this place, right where you sit, to call upon Jesus through a simple prayer. I'll help you with the words. Now, let me tell you, this is not a magic prayer. These aren't magic words that you say, but if it comes from a heart of faith and belief and trust, you can invite Jesus into your life today. You can have all your sins forgiven. You can have a relationship with Jesus, and you can know that you have eternal life waiting for you forever in heaven someday. If that's you today, you know who you are if God's speaking to you in that way. Would you pray this prayer with me? And it goes like this. Jesus, come into my life today. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I believe in you and trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you. Thank you. We continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I never want to do that. But if you just prayed that prayer from your heart to God's and you meant it, and I believe some of you did, that's the greatest decision that you could ever make. And I would love the privilege to pray for you right now that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day forward. So right now, with no one else looking around, without hesitation, if you prayed that prayer, can I pray for you? Would you just slip up your hand all across the auditorium right now? God bless you, ma'am, right here. God bless you, one, two, three people over here. God bless you, sir, right here. God bless you, two or three people in this middle section over here. Anybody excited about that, church? God bless you, several people. Amen. Amen. I couldn't even see all the hands, but the good news is God sees. God sees your heart. Let me pray for you. Father, we just lift up all those today saying yes to you. We pray that they would grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that they would fall in love with you in the same way that you have already loved them and and were willing to die for them. And Lord, we welcome them into the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ as we grow together to love you and to help more people find and follow Jesus. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate big time those making decisions for Christ this morning? Amen. 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 I want to thank Marcial for wrapping us up. We're going to call him the closer. Man, he closed out our story. Didn't he do a great job? Great job. I was, uh, one of our values here at Orchard Church is we're about his kingdom, not our kingdom. And I had an opportunity uh, to spend two or three days this week uh, helping six brand new potential church plant couples uh, that are praying about coming to Denver. We did an assessment and so I was busy with that all week. So I appreciate him wrapping that up. Listen, if you just raised your hand and you said yes to Jesus, please let us know about that on your connection card. Uh, Check that box says I accepted Christ. Drop it in the offering bucket when it goes by so we can continue to pray for you and send you a little book in the mail. If you're a first-time guest today at Orchard, thanks so much for being our guest. Hopefully you filled out that guest connection card. You can drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by. We are not interested in your money today, first-time guests, but we're definitely interested in getting to know you. We'll send you a thank you note, a gift in the mail. If I haven't had the privilege to meet you personally, I would love to do so. I'll be hanging out at the blue tent uh, when you leave today out there in the courtyard. I know many of you guys are dying to know how close is the building to being to completed. Are you guys interested in knowing that? We're very, very close. The building is about 95% completed. They're going to be finishing some things up this week. And we are, we are believing we're going to have our certificate of occupancy in the next two weeks. So be praying for that. Be praying for that. Very exciting time. 
as we get to move in, help more people find and follow Jesus. Now, I did not say we're moving in in two weeks, okay? We've got, we've got a lot of things to do, but we do believe we are right on track to have our first service before Thanksgiving. And what an exciting time here at Orchard Church. So you be praying for that. Let's stand right now as we close in a song of worship. We have an opportunity to worship the Lord through our gifts because we want to help people find and follow Jesus. And when you give, you, you have a part in that. We want to act our way here at Orchard Church. How do we do that, church? By giving first, saving second, and living on the rest. God bless you guys. <laughs>